Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Joining me today has a great story. We're going to learn as much as we can about the Pacific Elite Beach Volleyball Club. We're going to learn a lot about his club journey. So our guest today grew up in the Ottawa area, also moved to the GTA, and also played some post-secondary at West for UBC. Uh, and will soon be hopefully represent. well, not hopefully, he is representing Canada at One Star coming up. So please welcome to the show, Zaid Hamadi. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Josh. It's great to be here. So yeah, fill us in because I think... Depending on when people met you, they might associate you with an Ontario guy or an out west guy, or maybe people think of you as both. But uh, what was your start in volleyball? It was in the Ottawa area, right? It was, yeah. I, I grew up in Ottawa, um, and my brother actually got me into the sport. He used to play in the era with all those guys like uh, Jerry Manta and Garrett May and stuff. Um, the volleyball scene was a, was a little thicker back then, a lot of bigger dudes. Um, Garrett was, you know, one of those outliers, I think, and. And, uh, no, I loved watching his practices when I was 11, 12. And before I knew it, we were just, we were peppering in our backyard, playing a little bit of roof ball. Um, my brother really got me into the sport and, and that's when I started my first club year. I think it was 13 U. I played for the Ottawa Kangaroos. Um, and after, uh, Kangaroos actually morphed into a club and it was fusion. So I, I played there as well. And then my mom, she she started doing her master's uh, in visual arts at Ryerson University. And so we moved to the GTA. We were kind of floating around for a bit, um, galleries in, in different cities, Markham and Mississauga. And I managed to play for a couple different clubs as well, which was which was nice. Um, I was really excited uh, to move to Toronto. Just tons of volleyball, Ashbridge's Bay and, and just the whole greater Toronto area. Yeah, you had a lot of success. Did you win in 18U Provincials? Was that the year? I did. I did. Um, I think I won a couple, actually. I haven't really thought about this in a while, but 15U, 17U, and 18U, I believe, were the Provincial Championship years. You also had a big summer on the beach. I think Ontario Summer Games year was really good because there was Dylan Hunt and a bunch of you guys, uh, Zach Albert and yeah. uh, Ethan Ellison. Like, I think uh, you came up with a really good generation for volleyball. Yeah, totally. Um, I actually do remember that was a good weekend. We, uh, me and my partner Robbie, we played we played Chris Tao in the finals. Yes. Yeah. How many they, names popping up right now? I love it. They, they knocked us out. Um, they took our number one seed very early on, I think, in pool play, and then we had to fight our way back to the top, and and then I think we beat them in, in a close match. Nice. Um, uh, and just to name drop back to your club days. Your team that won 18U, I believe you beat friend of the show, Jacob Neal and Andy Richards. They were on that London Fire team, and you and Josh Henderson and a bunch of other guys. That was yeah. one of the better 18U finals I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. You've brought up a controversial game, actually. There was a very uh, questionable call made towards the end of the second set. Um, I think it was A. Rich had jump served, and they called it out, and, and that gave us the match, and, and there was this whole feud of... Should have gone three, but, um, you know, it happens, and, and we took the win for what it was. I, I love those stories, because those are the ones that you could see A-Rich on the beach, like, four years later, and he'll just look, you would be like, that ball was in, and you'll know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. For sure, for sure. So, nice, you had a good career on the beach, good career indoor, and post-secondary, you chose to go to Western, so what kind of drew you to London to continue volleyball? Yeah, um, a couple factors, actually. I was, well, you know, just this young kid, 17 years 17 years old um it's really difficult to make a massive decision like what type of education you want uh you know you don't know where you're going to end up in five years uh my mom and my coach jim at the time gave me a ton of guidance my mom 
actually after finishing her master's at Ryerson, she started her PhD at Western uh, while I was still in high school. Um, so she was basically living in London, kind of between um, between the GTA and, and London. And, you know, she liked the atmosphere. She liked the city. Um, she was, again, in visual arts. And, you know, that, that appealed to me, being close to family, of course. And Jim really kind of just took me under his wing a little bit. He um, you know, he saw, he saw something in me and, and, um, not too many coaches did at that age. So, um, I, I'm forever indebted to him for that. And, you know, he took me on as a, as a young recruit and then, you know, almost three, three and a half years, uh, I was a starter for him. And, you know, some might say based off how we finished, it may not have been the most successful career, but, um, some of the memories, the connections, um, and the times that I had at Western were, were unforgettable, undeniably. Now, who would have been some of the vets there? You would have just missed like Garrett and Sean McKay and those guys, but like, would Scapanello have still been there when you entered it at Western? Yeah. Yeah. Scap actually had a killer season when I came in. Um, he was this guy that just taught me to swing on everything, no matter <laughs> what you get blocked straight down, swing even harder. You get blocked two times in a row swing even harder. So he probably, he, he carried our team as our fifth year veteran um, in that first year and probably got something like six, 700 sets. I think he hit pretty, pretty well, probably like 250 on, on such a massive load of volume. And I think we, we had an okay season. We, we lost in the OUA quarterfinals um, to Waterloo that year. But um, no, he was a great leader for us. And, and uh, I think he stayed on I think he, he went away to play pro for a year, but then he came back and stayed on, on our staff um, a couple years after that, and it's good to have him around. Nice, and this is where I think things get foggy, where people want to consider you like a West Coast guy or an Ontario <laughs> guy. Uh, is you actually got accepted to your master's for UBC, but there's a lot that goes into that story. We were just talking before the show. Uh, you were considering coming to the beach because we had actually offered you a spot on like the... I guess it was the summer C team or whatever the next next gen program was called at that time. Uh, and you got the, the selection there, but I guess because it was a late start in May, you kind of had made different life plans, right? Do you want to just kind of walk us through that decision? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so my fourth year, I, I kind of just got this urge to kind of keep things going. I, I was on track to graduate in four years at Western. And, um, and so I came actually to Toronto um, and I, for the carding trials, this is one of the first times I met Logan, um, I messaged him and asked to stay at his house. I don't think he knew me other than just that guy at Western. <laughs> and he was super cool about it. And, and we actually became really good friends after that weekend. I met my partner, Joel, as well. Um, so again, that was, that was a good weekend. And, and yeah, so this new program that I guess had just started that year was the C Team. And um, well, I was, I was in London. I had just finished my degree. Uh, I was couch crashing for a little bit since my lease ended. And I guess as things were kind of being figured out with the C team, I, I, um, I felt a little rushed to get to Vancouver. I, I was ready to start my master's in September. Um, but with things kind of moving slower in Toronto with, with starting this program, I one day just decided I, I'd get in my car and I drove all the way to Vancouver. Um, and that was wild. I did it in 10 days. I think I stopped in Sudbury, um, stayed with an old Madawaska friend. I went to Thunder Bay, um, skimmed by Winnipeg, uh, super flat, obviously, <laughs> um, and did not stop in Saskatchewan. I'm sorry. I just 
didn't didn't want to. <laughs> and I made a straight beeline for Edmonton. Another Madawaska friend um, that I stayed with. She showed me around Edmonton, which was which was lovely. Um, slightly controversial opinion. People like Calgary a little more than Edmonton. I, I think I'm on the other side. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like depends on what time of year you're in either one. I, I, I like the layout of the city. People are nice. Um, the white neighborhood kind of had a very Kitsilano vibe to it. Okay. Um, and then, actually, as I was in Calgary, um, I think I posted something on Facebook and or, or, or Instagram, and, and Logan messaged me. He said, "You're coming, you know, to Vancouver." And I said, "Yeah." He's like, "You got to, you got to stop by. Like, you have to." I, I take out my Google Maps, I look at it, and it's, you know, a bit of a detour, right? I'm coming Definitely. in through the one, and uh, he wants me to go down south all the way from Kelowna to Penticton, and then back up north to, to Naramata, where he's from. And small detour, but I ended up taking it, and it was easily the highlight of the trip. I stayed with Logan and his parents, and they just have a lovely little oasis uh, in beautiful wine country of, of the Okanagan Valley. We played a little beach volleyball. Um, On the backyard court? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got a good court back there. Um, And it's just such a quaint little town. Um, You know, it's the kind of place you're walking on the sidewalk and and you wave to people. And I say to Logan, like, do you know that guy? And he's like, no. You just just wave to people here. It's not like Toronto where if someone waves at you, you kind of freak out. Like, what's wrong with that guy? Um, So he ended up bringing me the final stretch to Vancouver. I think I arrived on a Friday. Uh, he introduced me to everyone in the kids beach volleyball community on the Saturday because we actually played that Cliver together. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun. We played big Russ, Alex Russell, his partner was Rob Gotch at the time. And, uh, Joel Hannon as well just did a huge job introducing me to that community and they were so welcoming. Uh, it was unbelievable. Now, half those guys are my best friends in Vancouver. So it's amazing hearing you head West and then just naming that, like this friend from Madawaska or you meet Logan. Like I met Logan through Tom Sora. I actually got the opportunity to coach them at Canada games one year and same impression within five minutes of meeting Logan. You're just like, this guy is such a genuine, nice dude. It's mm-hmm. just like the easiest guy to get along with. And it's For so sure. funny that he's just like, yeah, come stay with us. It's like, no problem. Like probably didn't even check with his parents and his parents were probably totally fine with it too. Right. <laughs> so the, the whole Mender family, just uh, great people. Totally. So you get out there, you play in a cliver, which is awesome. Any any great memories from the kids' volleyball scene? Like I think just meeting Seymour and Sandy and all the other guys around there, I think it's just, like you said, once you meet everybody, it's a very friendly environment. I mean, they, they take a few stabs every once in a while in Ontario people, but I think uh, <laughs> we've definitely got a good thing going. Any, any shout-outs you want to give to kids or any funny, memorable stories? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I It started out super casual. I... You know, the, the kid's speech is sort of on my way home from work, uh, on my commute home from work, and uh, from the research lab that I was working in for my master's. And so, you know, some evenings around five, six, I'd just, I'd bike over to the beach and, you know, I'd have my gear with me, obviously, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't fully committed to playing. It was nothing um, too official like that. And you see a couple of familiar faces like, oh, hey, you played on the weekend, right? I think uh, like, like Markeel or, or Sandy might have just shouted like, oh, yeah, like, nice work, man. Like we need an extra. Do you want to play? And 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 after that, all these casual sessions start popping up. You just swing by the beach. If there's people around, you play. And and um, 
yeah, like I said, Joel introduced me actually super formally on the Facebook page. I thought that was adorable. Uh, he just sent out a, a, a message to everyone in the kits community. This is my friend's aide. He's a great guy. You should, you should play with him. And people messaged me after that. It was pretty wild. Um, so it was, it was pretty easy to get immersed in that community for sure. They have um, a ton of good guys like, like, uh, you know, I don't want to list a couple because, you know, you don't want to leave anyone out. But for sure, Sandy and Seymour are big members. Brian Hebert, he comes to the beach and and he he plays for sure. Sometimes he just comes and and has this presence about him. You know, he'll, he'll toss in a chirp. Um, you know, maybe he'll actually give you like a piece of advice in the form of a chirp. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so a lot of these guys was uh, it was just really fun to be around. Very easy to go swing by the beach on the way home. Now, did you know what a cliver was before you got signed up for one? Did you know what you were in for? Because that can be a grind. A little bit. I Logan was was pretty ambitious. He thought he could do some damage with me, and and to be brutally honest, we may have thought that we'd just be rolling in it. Right? We'd show up at this cliver and clean up. <laughs> We ended up losing in the quarters, um, which is tough. You're just one game away from from bringing some cash home. Um, but uh, no, it's it's. Um, I did know a little bit. Logan is is part of that. You know, I don't want to say inner circle, but but that group of guys that yes, they will show up early. Yes, they will help Jim Clive set up nets. Yes, they will help rake courts and and put out the lines and um, and of course they'll they'll bury the infamous. Um, you know, beer chest for uh, more, more for less, less yeah. more for less. Um, yeah, one guy usually, I think Steve Nash usually takes takes on the digging the pit job. Um, it's just a pretty cool scene for, uh, we have talked about it a little bit on the show, but for any new listeners, basically Cliver is a beach volleyball tournament where you know when the dates are, but everybody just shows up that morning. Everybody is helping put up lines and nets and, and you pay your registration fee. But the cool thing about that is it's, it's run for the players by the players, like the prize money, the, like the registration fees that go into the tournament are paid out as prize money. Uh, there's kind of an unwritten rule that if you win prize money, you have to go out that night and you have to buy beers for people. So yeah. friend of the show, Seymour says like, he's never really won a Cliver, but he's definitely got his registration fees back and, you know, beer. So he, yeah. he's a happy guy. It's just kind of a, a cool culture where you play all day and then you go hang out at night. And like you said, you're just best friends with everybody after you've been there, like only a day, probably your first day, you probably knew most people, right? So. For sure. For sure. Uh, I can't uh, I can't go without naming Jim Clive, of course. Um, he's the most instrumental person in making everything in Vancouver happen. Um, it was something like 1990, you know what? I don't even remember the year because I probably wasn't born yet, but he came to the beach and set up these massive posts. They were part of street posts at the time and they connected a net and he brought up this concept of challenge court. Um, basically, Two people, they go and show up at the beach, they set up on challenge court, and literally anyone can just go and write their name on a piece of paper on the post and challenge their opponents. It doesn't matter if you're Ben Saxton and Grant O'Gorman or you're, you know, who's who, it's if someone signs up, you have to play them. The winners stay on, and then the next team that signed up comes in. And and that's all because of Jim Clive. So what he created in Vancouver is 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 pretty amazing. Um, I will add, there's actually a second tour in Vancouver, um, which I guess they've both scheduled things around each other. There's the Clive, the KBVA, the Clivers. Yep. Uh, there's also the Volleyball BC tour. Um, and that's pretty fun because, you know, it's not all in Vancouver. And so 
you know, we make these road trips out to, uh, to Penticton or to the island. And I know we did a really fun road trip this year, me and some of the guys like Hayden, uh, Jake and, and Tanner. And, and we, so we got on the ferry to the islands. Uh, we stayed with Hayden's uh, cousin, I think, in Courtney, which is just a little bit north of Parksville, which is where the event was being held. And we actually just turned into an entire weekend. We went down to Victoria afterwards. Then we went to Sombrio Beach. We camped out on the beach for the night. We went surfing the next morning. Um, it was probably one of the best weekends of the summer. Very tragically, though, Hayden did get a very bad concussion while we were surfing. And that took him out for a couple of months. Um, but definitely just one of those things that uh, the KBVA and the Volleyball BC uh, tours really bring out in you is, is this good camaraderie. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me about uh, your experience at UBC when you got out there. Yeah. Um, so things at UBC um, were really great right off the bat. I, like I said, I drove over and I started, I arrived on a Friday and I managed to actually start working in the lab that I was going to do my, my thesis in for my, for my master's um, on the following Monday. My supervisor was very cool. Um, we loved the fact that I was playing volleyball and very cool about the fact that I would continue to do it uh, at the varsity level and and the time commitment that that takes, uh, which I soon learned was, was very intense for UBC. They have a, a very structured system over there. The the coaches Ian Perry, Matt Kruger, and of course the head coach Mike Hawkins. Um, they're running a really tight ship, just with um, I guess all the kind of newer newer age philosophies of volleyball. You know, serving serving velocities and um, you know, I guess the wipe and, uh, you know, the, the, the old power tip that's super important. Um, but yeah, I, I had a fun year just learning a ton from these guys. And as maybe the shortest guy on the team, it was, it was pretty impressive to play among um, a lot of those guys, super athletic, just freaks, really. Well, we've talked about how good the volleyball scene is at West, but you guys are also contributing that on your own. So why don't you tell us about... Uh, Kind of the reason I chased you down to be on the show is I just saw all these great postings for the Pacific Elite Beach Volleyball Club. So tell me, how did you guys even get the idea to start that? Uh, who's in it? Talk about these morning grinds because you guys are training at like six in the morning. Like, just tell me everything there is to know about this club. For sure. For sure. The meat of the podcast. Let's <laughs> let's get right in. Um, so I have to give all the credit for starting this to a guy named Justin Facer, um, just a big Vancouver player. I think he's come out here for maybe uh, 19U or 21U World Trials. Um, didn't make it at the time, but he approached me uh, in Kelowna at one of the events and just said, hey, you know, I'm thinking of trying out for FISU, gathering a couple guys. Um, how do you feel about this? And at this point, you know, I've been talking with Joel. I've been, I've been sorting wanting, wanting to get beyond just the vancouver league i want to i want to branch out and compete in, in toronto internationally and so i was intrigued he talked to five other players five six other players jake hayden matt um just you know guys that have played varsity or, or if they haven't played varsity they're um freshly retired uh from varsity and well we were actually just ready to go to the beach the next morning and, and set things up ourselves and just have this off season completely run by us um, in an effort to, to compete at the trials that we're at right now, the FISU trials and the Norseka trials. 
But then a couple people kind of started to hear about what we were doing, um, specifically the West Coast Beach Volleyball um, Association. So Ben Saxon and Jody and, and, and Brian Hebert, they, they heard about what we were doing and they just wanted to support us with, with their whole heart. It was unbelievable. They allowed us to run their biggest fundraising event of the year, the Play With The Pros tournament. So we put it together, it went really well. Um, we fundraised some money and all of a sudden, Six Pack, the, the only indoor facility in Vancouver, um, decided to make this deal with us, which technically they sort of offer already. They, they give court time to their people that run their clinics. But we wanted to make this structured system where we could just practice at this time consistently every week. And so Justin Feister uh, was actually taken on as an employee. So that's how we deal with all the legal issues there. And we run three, three or four clinics per weekend. And then we're able to come in at 6 a.m. Uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we basically just hammer out a good practice. And then we're all out of there so quickly. At 8, 8.05, we're bolting out. I'm dropping guys off at the SkyTrain. Um, guys got to go to work. Guys got to go to school. Ironically, the busiest among us, Alex Borsov, is like the one guy who has Tuesday and Thursday mornings off. <laughs> so he's the one guy that's just never rushed. Uh, the rest of us are racing like madmen because it's not a good time to go into the city um, you know, at 8 in the morning in Vancouver. But we've been training pretty hard for the last four months. Um, the other uh, additional support, Ben Saxton, um, wanted to be our coach, and, and we were super pumped about that. Ben is super knowledgeable. He knows all the fundamentals, and of course, he's just a sick player. Um, so we brought him on as a coach. He's been coming out to our sessions and giving us really good advice, really good feedback, really good um, overall sessions. And, um, you know, we also got a little bit more support from the community in, in other ways, in addition to having a facility and to having coaching. Um, the Movement Lab is a sport medicine clinic that has agreed to sponsor us and basically um, give us assessments and, and workouts. Um, we all kind of train on our own. Some of us train at UBC. Like I, I still work out with some of, the, some of the team a little bit. Yeah, so it's just been this whole thing kind of that has popped up out of nowhere. Um, you know, we, we didn't really seek out that much initially. And people in the Vancouver community were just psyched to have some international representation um, from the West Coast. And so they wanted to help this program grow and thrive. Um, and we're just, we're just really pumped that we're the ones that get to do it. We get to, we get to make this program and we get to do it ourselves. So, um, yeah, do you, have any, do you have any questions about um, how the program runs? Or I feel like maybe I didn't really get into No, no, so you guys have... Like you said, most people have played varsity or higher. Three of you are technically competing at the FISU trials because you're teamed with Joel Hannon. Uh, and then you and Borisov are signed up for a one-star, right? So even though it's in its first year, you guys are already training hard uh, and will represent Canada internationally because for sure you guys are going to that one-star. And then good chance, obviously, with three of you competing in FISU trials that uh, this is kind of going to go beyond the, the Vancouver scene already in its first year, right? For sure, for sure. Um we actually would have had a fourth, I should add. Uh, Justin Feister was, you know, being the, the lead guy when we initially started. He was ready to come out. Um, he's in flight school right now. He's, he's, doing his, he's getting his commercial license. Um, unfortunately, despite having classes and, you know, the whole student thing going for him, um, they didn't allow him to compete. They thought he was ineligible. 
So let's shout that out. So you're doing your master's. I believe one of you is in med school and you just mentioned one of you is in flight school. So when you say like you're training at six in the morning and you're going to go to work, it's not like, I don't know, you have like a, a normal student job and you guys are like printing t-shirts. Like you're going to a lab, somebody's going to learn how to fly an airplane, somebody's in medical school. Like this is pretty intense stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I never thought of it like that, but um, yeah, we just, we really wanted to accommodate our schedules. We all, um, you know, we, we want to compete internationally, but we're sensible about it. We know that um, the financial realities of such things is it's very difficult, and you know potential future injuries might might limit fully committing to a career like that. And so we're all kind of focusing, um, I'd say, half half on our careers, the things, the school that we're doing, and then um, really putting uh, the rest of um, the rest of it into into beach volleyball. Amazing. I, I can't get over how you guys have just like found a way to make this elite. Um, before we kind of segue into something else, how can people either support you? We can follow you on Instagram. You want to plug your Instagram. And then you mentioned you've kind of partnered uh, officially, unofficially with Wico Bevo has been supportive. So how can people who are hearing this idea mean like, man, that's awesome. How can we, uh, how can we support you guys in this? Yeah, that's a great question um, that I can't fully answer yet because um, what we don't know exactly is, is what it is we're creating. It's, kind of like a business you just you start with an idea and you don't know what it can be or what it will be um, so right now we're about eight to ten guys we train tuesdays thursdays and we're coming out for these trials what we may expand into is a full-on beach volleyball club uh, for kids um, you know side out is one of the clubs in vancouver mostly tailored for girls i think they just have a lot of girls teams but um which means that opens up the opportunity for for coaching boys um we are open to sponsorships but how we're still basically forming our entire sponsorship profile we don't know um what to ask for yet and how i, I guess we kind of want to build a little bit more infrastructure kind of earn some credibility and and then once we have some value really to offer other people then then we'll really throw out this sponsorship profile so that's sort of in the works of how um, people can support us. But come the springtime, early March, or maybe late March, once we start moving outside, um, we'll definitely have some more concrete answers for that question. So you guys have done so much in your first year. Is there like a long-term vision or a plan? Are you guys taking it one day at a time? Or is there, uh, how would you predict like this this program turns out and continues to evolve? Yeah, so, so right now we have a couple guys that are competing in, in these FISU trials. Me and Alex, we're going to, to the One Star, and and, basically, and we're actually joining with a couple girls, uh, Bailey, Billy, and Allie, um, who are also going to be doing a couple international events. And so what we really see as the short-term goal here is to push Vancouver players into playing international events, whether that be FIVBs or Norsecas or coming to Toronto for any type of trial event. Um, we basically want more BC representation um, internationally. And, and I think we have the power to do that. We have the personnel. We, we have great coaches, Ben Saxton, and, and Grant comes out as well. Um, Grant, uh, Grant's a really good defending coach for sure. And, yeah, I guess we're unsure how exactly that might look. Maybe it'll take a year to get there. Maybe it'll take a couple of years. But... But we're confident that um, it'll grow and, and we'll soon, soon start to see just tons of BC teams um, really fighting these Ontario guys for some spots and events. No, it's, it's exciting stuff because obviously Ontario has a pretty strong program. Uh, Quebec has an affiliate program. But 
last year when I was at Canada Cup and speaking to Maverick Hatch, he mentioned there wasn't really formalized training in BC for anyone kind of over the age of 19 or 20, right? So it's it's nice that you guys are filling that void and kind of giving high performance experience to athletes who don't want to end their careers yet, right? For sure, for sure. We're, we're keen to grow it and, and attract as many players in that age group, I guess. Just finishing high school, just finishing university. We have a couple of players um, even still playing varsity ball, like Marcus is still playing at Capilano University. Um, but yeah, we're, we're keen to see it grow. And and like I said, we're, we're just, you know, we're not sure what it could be or what it might be, but but we're optimistic about what it'll become. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's definitely a great story to tell. And it was, it was great seeing your name pop up and obviously Hayden, another guy who kind of competed in Ontario. And it's just kind of neat to see old faces, but also meet the new guys and, and a great project you guys sure, have involved. Sure. Uh, one thing that I'm just going to call it, it's a tradition. We, we like to have guests tell funny stories where you've obviously played at the highest level of volleyball, but some, some odd stuff happens once in a while. So do you have any, any laughs you can give our, myself and the listeners before you go either from the road or on the court or anything that's just kind of happened? You're kind of like, ah, that was, that's kind of interesting. You know, when I was in first year, actually, again, referencing the small scrawny, punk kid that I was at 17 um we actually at the beginning of the year attended Ryerson for this uh exhibition tournament and you know he threw in we had nine rookies this year now it's 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 a lot of rookies really throws off the dynamic a little bit and so our coach Jim threw in all uh all the rookies into our first match can't remember who it was against maybe York and and we won and you know we felt great about ourselves. We thought, hey, this university thing, super easy. <laughs> so we were maybe feeling a little bit too confident. Um, I was in charge of balls. I had to carry this massive sack of 15 balls, maybe. Um, and so I was bringing around with me everywhere. And then later that night, this was the first day of the tournament. Later that night, we go into Pizza Pizza, you know, grab some food. Um, heading back to the hotel, just you know, feeling like everything's perfectly fine and, and still riding that high a little bit. Um, go to sleep, and in that kind of early, like you wake up and you're still lying in bed, you haven't really gotten up yet, just relaxing. Um, in that moment, I realized I had forgotten the ball somewhere, and I jumped out of bed. I was freaking out. I was thinking, "Holy crap! This is thousands of dollars. What am I going to do? I'm going to get kicked off the team." All these thoughts running through my head. Basically, in boxers, uh, I ran out of the hotel room. I thought, okay, they have to be in that pizza pizza. I must have left them in there last night. So I run across the street wearing basically nothing, and it's closed. It's 7 a.m., right? We have a morning game, I think maybe 9.30 or 10. And I'm out on the street wearing nothing and freaking out because pizza pizza is closed. I don't see the balls in there, and I don't know what to do. And, you know, Jim, pretty fiery guy for sure. And I just knew that this, this might be the end of me. Um, and so I kind of just started walking back slowly to, towards the hotel. I, I thought, okay, I'm going to just have to march straight into his office, tell him exactly what happened, tell him I fucked up, tell him I effed up. And um, it's kind of like that scene in Harry Potter in the seventh one where he has to, you know, say out loud i'm ready to die and that's kind of how it felt i'm walking into the into the hotel lobby just flushed white face and all of a sudden our fifth year uh one of our fifth year captains not scat but uh doug ostrom comes up to me sees the look on my face he's like come with me 
oh no, they know that he's bringing me in to the coaches, uh, to the coach's room. Like they're going to lecture me and, and I'm, and I'm done. Doesn't let me off the hook yet. I walk into his room and what do I see? But all of the balls just laid out there. And I turn around and I just see this like smirk on his face and I'm like, Oh my God, you couldn't have told me last night. And and he was trying to teach me a lesson, make me sweat a little bit, which, which is, um, which, you know, at the time was super stressful, but in retrospect, it was, it was a lesson well learned and, and I'll never forget that actually. That was, uh, was one of the scariest moments definitely on the road. You wouldn't have learned your lesson if Doug's just like, Hey man, I got you. He had to build it up like that. And I'm glad he did. What a showman. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. I know you're in the middle of a FISU competition, so we'll let you get back to that. But thanks for coming on the show and telling this unique story, and hopefully uh, we can get behind you on this. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be on the show. Um, thanks for asking me to, to be here, Josh. Really appreciate it.